0: We didn't grow up with money, necessarily. I haven't seen a ton of movies, honestly, and everyone always laughs at me when I say, I haven't seen this, I haven't seen that. It's not because I don't care about my craft and I don't love it, but I grew up with, we can go to Walmart and pick out two
1: movies from the $5 bin. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, Editor-in-Chief of InStyle Magazine. And each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Joey King caught my eye the minute we met four years ago now. She was 17. Since then, she's been nominated for an Emmy and a Golden Globe. And she is a little firecracker that just turned 21. Who knows what this woman is capable of? I would like to welcome Joey King to Ladies First Podcast, in which I speak with, to and sometimes at, ladies who are the first in what they do for various reasons. And Joey and I, we met at a party back in the before times, at a glamorous Hollywood party, which actually I was hosting with Kieran and Shipka for um, a little magazine we used to do at Harper's Bazaar, and Joey King—that's you—shows up like a little snap, crackling, pop, <laughs> and I just thought, "What? Who is this creature?" So funny, so happy to be there. And you would have been, I think, si- maybe sixteen. I was. I was sixteen. Yeah, that's right. I was forty. <laughs> 41 the way you (laughs) said that Uh, Laura I was 40
0: (laughs) sounded like you started choking on a cracked pepper
1: I was really blown away by you because breaking news there's a lot of girls that dress up and go to parties in LA no shade but Joey turned up as another another thing entirely we kind of became fast friends and kind of text floated for a little bit but what struck me about you and what I wanted to talk about a little bit today is is how self-possessed and unself conscious you are and an innate confidence that you have. Not saying you're all confident all the time or about how you are you better not be. I'm kidding. But how you're good in your skin. And that's a uh, really, really incredible quality. And that's not just a performer's quality. Now you have been acting since you were four. And yes. Actually I've missed a lot of your younger years because I wasn't living here. What was your first job?
0: My first job ever, it's actually quite funny. It was a Life Cereal commercial. And it's still like my favorite cereal to this day. I love it so much. And I was four years old. and I filmed so many commercials when I was young. I can't even tell you how many commercials. And there's only a handful that I kind of remember. But this one is my first commercial. I remember it so vividly, which is so funny to me. So Life Cereal, the company, when I got nominated (laughs) for an Emmy for the act, they sent me this amazing, and I have it in my closet right over there, they sent me this package, and it was like a beautiful box, and they put my face when I was really little on one box, and then they put my face when I was, like, grown up and glammed on another box, and they, like, wrote this very sweet congratulations on it. It's so, so sweet. I'm, I'm never getting rid of it. I'm saving it forever.
1: That's the circle of life. Cereal. Yeah. Life. See- <laughs> But when did what you were four? So I mean, you know, it's not nothing for for parents to put a kid in, into this into this stuff. Were you always obviously able to do it, but did you kind of have that sort of strength and balance that you didn't get to carried away?
0: So I'll start kind of from how it all happened with um, my two older sisters, who were my entire world heart and soul my oldest sister kelly and my middle sister hunter they both started acting when they were a little bit older than four they were like probably like seven eight they just like really loved performing like they were such big hams so my mom was like well why not start like a, a college fund for these kiddos in like improv classes they did stage door plays and they did little commercials too and little tv guest spots and then i came around and i was like I want to be just like my sisters. And my mom was like, not another one, but I was super persistent. So she was like, you're allowed to go to the stage door theater classes with them. If the woman who owns the stage says you're old enough and it's okay. And so, you know, it was like free babysitting basically, (laughs) but I just loved it. First of all, I just loved spending time with my sisters. I idolized them and I honestly still do. And so we got to hang out all the time. We got to dress up and play funny things. I just loved it. And you know, it kind of started out as a way to have us save money because we didn't grow up with money necessarily. I mean, we were okay, but we weren't at all wealthy in any sense of the word at all. I mean, I, I have a very limited movie education. I'm like, I haven't seen a ton of movies, honestly. And everyone always laughs at me when I say, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. It's not because I don't care about my craft and I don't love it, but I grew up with, we can go to Walmart and pick out Two movies from the five dollar bin and we would play movies on repeat so I can quote every single line of a very select few movies and then you know other than that I just didn't see very much so I just knew that I loved doing what the people up there did and that's all I knew whether it was a good movie or a bad movie and then it kind of just took off from there and it was one of those things where mom was like are you still enjoying yourself do you want this from the time I started to this time I started really being aware of what I was doing, there was never a doubt in my mind that I would be doing it and I'd be doing okay at it. When I booked Ramona and Beezus, I had already been acting for five years at that point. And that movie, first of all, changed my life, but also I just loved being on set. And even before that, there was never a doubt in my mind that this is what I wanted to do. No, but you are just made for
1: yeah, you can turn it on and be funny, but you don't walk into a room and suck out all the oxygen either. You know what I mean? You have this massive fan base, huge amount of Instagram followers that just live and die. How long have you been on Instagram for? When did you join? How old were you? I, got I don't know. I'm trying to think because I just remember, like, the
0: day I got it, my sister helped me make it and my mom was like you better not spend too much time on this thing and she was like and you better not post too much she's like you're a kid I don't want people like in your life and I think I was 11 or 12 and I just remember the first day I got I posted like six pictures of me and my best friend Ariana like do I post a picture of our shoes I post a picture of us swimming I post a picture of us getting like food I was like this is me my best friend and we're having
1: a great time like I was just like so intense about you must it be. but you you carry this huge amount of people with you all the time that is it's not nothing it's millions and what are you at now i'm at 18 now 18 million people which used to be the population of australia 18 million people deeply invested in everything you do how do you manage it? Well, here's the thing. I can't even try
0: and picture what 18 million people look like. So it doesn't really overwhelm me that much because it's like when someone says that's a trillion dollars. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. What the hell does that mean? And I can't picture how, what that many people look like in a room. So that helps with the overwhelming aspect of it. Honestly, Instagram, I've had an interesting relationship with it. And not bad, necessarily. I mean, I was one of the many people who watched that documentary on Netflix, oh, The Social yes. Dilemma. And I was like, maybe I should just go delete everything. I decided to keep my Instagram because I do, I, and I know that this is, maybe this sounds dumb or whatever, but I, I do love to interact with people. But mostly, I keep it because I like to see what my friends are up to. And I don't spend too much time on it anymore. That wasn't always the case. I used to spend way too much time on it. Like, it was an addiction. But... Mostly, I updated a little bit here and there, but I feel really good about how I've come to decide that I don't need to put my entire identity into it. But what makes me nervous is coming to that conclusion and just kind of like fighting through that and also like all the people's opinions about my life, who I'm with, what I'm doing, what movies I'm doing, if they think I'm good at acting, if they think I'm bad at acting, like, you know what I mean? All of that. It just makes me, like, really alarmed and overwhelmed for the younger people. Yes, for the children. My little cousins have Instagram, and I'm just starting to see how much they go on it and how addicted they're getting and how much they care about it. And it's making me nervous because, you know, people grow up with the iPads now in their hand. And But I honestly, like, my relationship with Instagram, it feels good now. But with Twitter, Twitter is a garbage fire. I deleted my Twitter. It's the worst place in the world. This year, I had a moment where I was sitting in my car crying, and I called Sabrina Carpenter. And, you know, because I know that when it comes to stuff like this, she's one of my best friends in the whole world. And also, she's can relate to exactly what I'm of going course, through.
1: Same, same demo, same level of success, same following.
0: I just called her and I just started crying and I was like, this is so bad. And I know that admitting this is like stupid because the people who bully me on Twitter are like, yes, if they're listening. (laughs) Well, good for them. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I'm just trying to be honest about like how social media really does affect your mental state. And once I stopped looking at Twitter, I feel so
1: good. (laughs) Good. You've got to edit your own life and and what you expose yourself to. Um, What do you get self-conscious about?
0: I think body image issues are really tough for me. I think that that's really something that has always been hard. I mean, just being a girl in general, that is going to come up no matter what.
1: But I, I feel like that's like my number one. Is it a comparative thing or? For sure. And especially having your picture taken all the time. So when did you first feel like coming on and how do you manage it?
0: So I first started feeling that when I was like 14. That was like when it started to hit me that I was like, oh man, like now I've made peace with it. I've always had a slower metabolism. Like like medically, I got it checked out. It's like not up, not up to speed for how old I am or like how fit I am or whatever. It's just, it's lagging. But when I was like 14 years old, I was like, wow, like all my friends are like these little string beans and can eat whatever they want. But I can't. Like, why is that? Why can't I not eat the same thing and look the same? And then like started, that started my like whole like journey of learning that body types are a thing and it's not all the same. But I struggled with it so hard till I was, uh, 17. And I was successful and I was working and I was so proud of myself and all the things I was doing. But I always had this like thing gnawing in the back of my head because I didn't, I didn't understand how to talk about it with other people and how to make peace with it. But when I booked the kissing booth one, I read the script and I was like, wow, there's so many bikini scenes. I've never felt comfortable in a bikini my entire life. So I was like, you know what? For me, I'm going to start like a little bit of a fitness situation. And I thought that I was doing it to get skinny. I thought I was doing it to get fit. But goddamn, I got to tell you, I started doing it right. Like I actually talked to a trainer and I was like taking care of myself regardless of what i looked like made me feel so much better because during quarantine i've been up and down and up and down with my weight and i don't care but i've been trying to like work out not to lose weight just to feel good the whole time and it it does increase your mood now i haven't been doing it all the time like there has been weeks and weeks where i didn't do anything but like just caring about your health is such like a it's such a crazy thing but i still struggle with body image issues i mean like it's really really tough
1: This very odd ritual that happens, which is, look cute, stand on a red carpet in front of a bank of photographers who are flashing at you every which way, directing you every which way. This is bizarre. And the craziest thing
0: is a red carpet, it lasts like five seconds. And then all of a sudden, these photos come out and they can change your life. They really can started a trend on Twitter months ago dragging me for this picture that I took on a red carpet. I still think I look good in that picture. I don't care what anyone says. I look great in that photo. But it started trending on Twitter, mainly for the fact that people were calling me ugly and people were like, she's gross. And I was like, you know what? I could easily look at that photo now and be like, I hate that picture, but I am not going to sit here and admit that because I would be lying to myself. I still like that photo. <laughs> there's plenty that I don't like, plenty, but it is interesting how five seconds of your life can completely change the narrative around you, the way you feel about yourself, the way others
1: feel about you. It's really interesting. I was trying to like make the point to, to the young ladies who, who look at this and you and there's a whole mythology in their head about it. And yeah, of course it's it's nice to be you and you're doing great work and you get paid and you get handbags, but to go to a, a party when you're just somewhere and you have a little tiff or you don't feel great or whatever, but to then have something like that happen and trend on Twitter because you're so well known. Do not guys, there's nothing to be envied. Exactly. So th- there's that. But then I also was like, okay, listen,
0: like I feel pretty shitty about myself, but I do get paid to be on a set, to do what I love. I'm doing well at it. I'm working. I have things lined up that I'm so excited about. I'm producing now, like there's so many things that could be going so much worse. I was like, you know what, call me ugly. Fucking have a field day, I don't care.
1: Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. Right now, I'm hanging out with the super special Joey King. And tell me about this movie you're filming right now
0: Bullet Train with Mr. Bradley Pitt and a very incredible cast of people, including Brian Tyree Henry, Logan Lerman, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Lady Gaga. Um, Oh! It's so crazy to be filming a movie during this pandemic. We're being very safe. One of our crew members did test positive, but all the precautions were taken. Like, What's crazy is like everyone's being safe, and that's awesome, but it doesn't feel real. And the only time it really feels real is when they're like, action. I'm like, okay, I'm acting now. But like the feeling of being on a set, the feeling of meeting all those new people, hugging on them, loving them, and just creating this family... It's not there, and we have to stay in our pods. And like, I can interact with people if that I want it. I want to meet everybody. I want to know everyone's name, but I can't leave my pod.
1: You want to hug Brad? I want to hug Brad. <laughs> I want to hug Brad. I know when you got this role that you're shooting right now. This was a big, big deal for you. Uh, so tell me why and what it means.
0: Having the success of the kissing booth that changed my life in so many ways, and then doing the act right afterwards changed my life in a completely different way. So to be able to get the opportunity to be in the room for such a a prestigious project was really, really exciting to me. I just felt so excited that I got to do such different projects back to back and have such incredible fan bases come from them. And then to be able to hop onto something so different right now, it's amazing. I, I love to just try new things and play completely different characters that are nothing like me that makes me the most excited and um this character is is
1: nothing like me i hope not because isn't she an assassin uh yes and this character is just like me it's like looking so, in mirror. So she's just like me um but
0: she's um i mean she's she, there's actually i mean she's not
1: assassin. I i don't want to give away too much but she's she's very unique She's just a renaissance woman. She's just evolving, evolving before us. But what, what are you ambitious for? I love to ask the ladies this. What do you want to grow into? What do you want to influence? What do you want to achieve? I mean, the ultimate obvious goal
0: and that everyone probably feels and is going to say, and obviously I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not something I've dreamed of, is to win an Academy Award. But I don't want to say that that's my goal because... Unless I reach that, I'll never be happy, right? If that's the only thing I care about. I have the desire to grow in my career in ways that people want. And not in a way where I care about what people think, but there's certain roles that I just know people don't want to see me in and that I've been offered. And then I've said, listen, thank you for this offer. It's an amazing role. It's an amazing movie. People don't want to see me in this. And I know that.
1: Ah, and you haven't had a sense
0: of that for a long time. I have a sense for that because... I know the image that I've created. One thing that I don't want to do is age myself up too quickly. I know I look young, I know I am young. And one thing that I've seen a lot of young actresses do who I love and admire is they try to, after they hit notoriety and a little bit of zeitgeist, full throttle themselves into the most mature role that they can find. And that's just not my desire because my ambition is to be in this industry
1: for a very, very long time. Touche. You know what? I I concur with that. You could have become a quite a closed person with, with the attention and following that you have. How do you keep yourself, not that you have to plan it, but you're open, you're still, we are so open to people, you're so in the room. I've always, like you said, I've always been very, very, open.
0: And and I I never want to change that. I don't look at myself as a famous person. So if you come up to me and you want to be my friend, I'll be your friend. You know what I mean? But now I'm starting to understand from it being explained to me by people who I love in my life. It's like, you need to understand like your position in this world and what you have to offer people and how people can start to take advantage of that. And I never really thought about it that way until recently.
1: Was there something that made you think about that or was there something that made you go, Oh God, okay. I'm going to have to temper my embrace
0: there's a few things yes there was like a few instances that some some were very specific and some were more loose where i was like that was weird you know what i mean right 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 right, right. <clears throat> and i just think that listening to your gut of course but also, I don't want to become like this closed off jaded person. I don't plan on doing that. And I don't care like I don't care what level of fame I am at or may reach and I hate that word fame. I hate the word that I hate that I'm applying no, it to myself. But, but it's, it,
1: it, it's the inside and the outside of yourself that you it, do yeah, the level of notoriety so, that that feels yeah. better.
0: But like right. you know, I don't ever want to become closed off regardless of things that I have experienced or have yet to experience.
1: Who do you, whose cre- approach to things you admire in your age group, like oh, you would probably maybe say Sabrina, or, or older actors who you feel like have just kind of, it is a thread of the needle.
0: Someone who I just admire so much, and who I've actually worked with before, and who I know is your friend, is Julianne Moore. Her and I worked together on Crazy Stupid Love when I was like 10, and just watching somebody with that level, uh, I mean, first of all, the queen of knowing what people Are excited to see her in you know what I mean but not not in the predictable way it's always surprising and I think that she's the queen of surprising people in the greatest way elegance but not taking herself too seriously she's funny she's she's so talented she's a sex symbol but she's also this gritty dramatic actress who has the ability to be super funny and so raw like she's one of my absolute favorite actresses in the world. So that's someone for sure. And then in my age group, someone who I just think is the bee's knees is I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I think she's so oh, talented. Bloody hell, that series. Oh my God. I think her and like Sersha Ronan are amazing. I actually met Saoirse at the InStyle after party, Golden Globes. But I was like, listen, like, I love you so much. My hands are shaking
1: because I'm meeting you. And now you're 21. You turned 21 in quarantine. I did. But how was that for you mentally? How did you deal with
0: it? Obviously, just I'm sad, you know, for the devastation that everyone's facing and the financial devastation that this has taken on people. But personally, I had a, I had a wonderful birthday. I went to the beach with my family and it was great. And I got drunk, as to be expected, which was great. Ah, uh, on brand. <laughs> you know, 21st, whatever. Um, I, got, I, I chose whiskey for the day. And uh, I had a very oh for the da- a beach day a whiskey beach day. It was interesting, and then the next novel. D- the next day, I had a very interesting, uh, interesting day. <laughs> um, yes how I how interesting think, did you feel the next well, day? Well, I drank I drank two glasses of water between each each drink that I had because I didn't want to have a terrible birthday. I knew that <laughs> you know, but I like to I like to stay home. I don't really go... Yeah. I, I mean, if if COVID hadn't happened, I honestly think my birthday would have been extremely similar i want
1: to talk a little bit about fashion because i think one of the when we sort of met each other we didn't see each other for a little bit and then you came to one of our badass women dinners yeah with and this sexy ass outfit Do you remember it was black oh i remember it was cut it was my my boobies were out tell me about that tell me when sometimes you wanted to just drive it like you stole it fashion wise
0: I knew nothing about fashion. I had no taste whatsoever. You know how I said we we bought $5 movies at Walmart? We also did the same thing with clothes. And then one of my best friends slash like brother slash my now stylist, Jared Eng, took me aside at my sister Hunter's 21st birthday party. And he was like, listen, your style is terrible. <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, what? And he was like, as your friend who loves you so much, we need to do something about this. And so he started styling me. And it's, I mean, and it's the most perfect arrangement because we are so close that it's comfortable to argue with each other <laughs> about what I want to wear. He loves to give younger fashion brands like a chance. And we've, we've just been having so much fun.
1: Okay, now we're going to do something called 10 firsts okay okay first things first first drink you order
0: Ooh, if i'm at a restaurant
1: yeah Um, remember
0: restaurants (laughs) right first drink i order i order well now that i'm 21 um first drink i order is usually a glass of white wine i like a really really dry chardonnay very dry See,
1: that's unusual at least you don't want a buttery one if you wanted a buttery chardonnay i would hang up
0: no Ugh.
1: give me dry and it's uh, fascinating because when joey turned 21 it was her first sip of alcohol <laughs> for sure well don't forget listen legally i've traveled a lot and drank uh, overseas so there you go the growth that is shown by young actors who film in canada where and in south africa And Australia. And Australia. And I think Germany's like 17 or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. So let's, you know. I don't know. (laughs) Well, Google it. Okay. First thing you look at on your phone in the morning.
0: When I wake up in the morning, I'm usually either too hot or too cold. So I open my thermostat app and I adjust.
1: I haven't had that one yet.
0: Yeah. I adjust it. And then I check my texts and then usually there's no notifications. So I move on. (laughs)
1: So she just sits there playing with the room temperature, hoping somebody will call. Right. It's so sad. Okay. First person you call if you have news or whatever, your first like instinct to call. My mom, for sure.
0: Our rule in our family is if mom doesn't answer the first time and you really need to talk to her, call her three times in a row. Because then if she sees
1: it, she'll call you back. But if you call her once wow. and she sees it, she'll be like, oh, it's fine. Like she's so bad at answering her phone. Well, that's the opposite of like the mothers whose kids never call. So you can probably can you call mine? Oh, we call our mom so much. <laughs> she must. She's like Jesus Christ. Chill. <laughs> can I dispatch you onto mine, please? Thank you. Okay. Um, First joke you remember. First joke, remember. Or last thing that really made you laugh. Last that. thing that
0: really made me laugh. Last night I watched Eight Crazy Nights with my boyfriend and he'd never seen it. And it's like my favorite holiday movie. It's so terribly inappropriate and hilarious. And that made me laugh very hard.
1: Brandon made me watch Jingle All the Way. What is that? i Schwarzenegger trying to get a robot toy for his
0: son. Okay. Watch Eight Crazy Nights. It's so funny. It's like It's like a little bit about Hanukkah, but it's... It's really funny, and it's also really heartfelt, and it's got great music. Adam
1: Sandler has a great voice. Let's just get that clear. He's the man for our times. Okay, first and last fashion splurge. When I was,
0: this is not my own splurge, but this was like my first fashion, like, ha, moment. When I was 13 years old, it was when I was first allowed to wear little heels when I turned 13. It was like my, my mom's rule. You can't wear heels until you're a teenager, and even then, they have to be low heels. So for my wrap present on White House Down, Roland Emmerich bought me my first pair of Louboutins.
1: Baby's first Louboutins. We all and remember. they still
0: fit me because my feet didn't ever grow because I'm super short. Yay! Were they sparkly? No, they were these. They're so tasteful. They're these beautiful Louboutins. Thank you, Roland. It's such a sweet gift. Oh. And my last splurge was I bought my sister a really awesome present earlier this year. I bought her like a Christian Dior bag because I love her.
1: (laughs) You know, it pays to be Joey King's sister. Uh, To have Joey King be your sister. Okay. First time, oh, this is important. First time you owned your shit. Like professionally or something where you're just like, right, I know myself. I know what's up. I'm standing up for myself.
0: First time I owned my shit, like
1: I was 17, I was on a set and I was like, mm, I don't like that way that someone
0: talked to me just then, that I don't care how old I am, I don't care what you think, that was not nice and you don't talk to me like that in front of people. So I owned my shit and then I just got better at it after that. Okay, okay. First date. Ooh, first date, I didn't know it was a date when I was like 14 and one of my really good friends who's still a friend to me now, he he took me on this like awesome date. and I was really young and I didn't, I didn't get it. And I was like, wow, I'm just hanging out with my friend. We're having a great time. And then at the end of the date, he asked me to be his girlfriend. It was so sweet. And I was like, oh, oh, uh, uh, I'm not allowed to date because
1: <laughs> I wasn't. And that was my honest answer. Sorry. Sorry. Friend. Bruce. <laughs> sorry, Bruce. Okay. Okay. First thing you turn on TV.
0: So not the first thing, but this is the thing that I literally just finished. My boyfriend and I, from front to back, episode one, season one, to episode whatever, last one, season nine, watched Seinfeld, the whole thing. And we just finished it like two nights ago.
1: How do you feel? I'm like
0: really sad. I'm very sad. But I have to say, honestly, like that show is
1: impeccable. I love it so much. Okay, first thing you do or eat when you are stressed out.
0: There's so many things I'll eat. Like, don't even get me started on the amount of things I'll eat. Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups. If I'm stressed, I'll definitely pound some of those back. And the first thing I do when I'm stressed out I've learned to try and take some deep breaths and maybe do a little meditation, which is like a great thing for me that I've learned. But it I'll, hasn't worked out. But uh, <laughs> it's going well sometimes. But a lot of the times I will accidentally take it out on someone I love dearly and then have to apologize for it. First car you bought? First car I bought? Um, I leased a, a Prius. And nice. uh, I loved it. I loved that car so much. It was a great car. But now I have a really great electric nissan leaf and it's also great you drive a leaf yeah i i wasn't allowed to buy a car until i was driving for a year and my mom's rule for all three of us girls was you have to drive the family minivan for a year before you can get a car because that car was so banged up from all of us she was like if you're going to destroy anything you destroy this car first and then you spend money on a car i was so embarrassed when i was driving that car around i can't even tell you but in hindsight i'm like what a great thing my mom instilled in us and also like you know, cars, a car, if it gets me from point A to point B, like safely, I'm happy. Like, I don't care what I'm driving, really.
1: No, just look, look at her. She doesn't care. She's in a train. She's going to be doing that for a while now, anyway. Okay. First thing you'll do when this goddamn pandemic is over? Uh, I'll freaking
0: go to the movies. I'll go, to, I'll take my grandma to the movies and to dinner because she has been. I so ugh, feel so so bad. She's been so lonely and so like freaked out about COVID. I, I've gone and visited her from a distance as much as I can because I like miss her so much. I just want to hang out with her. But uh, when this is over, I'm gonna take that freaking beautiful woman to a movie and dinner and have a
1: date with my grandma. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, you show that woman what she's worth. That's right. She's worth a lot. <laughs> and you know who's also worth a lot? You are, Joey King. Me are? No way, Jose. I am a fan of yours entirely because of who you are and what your character is and your love of your family, your complete great spine, you're, you you know what is right, um, and you're entirely yourself. Are you sure you're not a fan of me because
0: I was trending on Twitter for being ugly? Because I feel like that might um, be I mean, that's realistic.
1: second. That's second. <laughs> you're brilliant and you're yourself. And as your voluntary auntie, I'm... <laughs> so proud of it how far you've come already so thank joey you. king you
0: brown thank you so much for saying all that for like just being my friend i just love you it's been it's such a joy and an honor to be in your orbit and i just feel very lucky to to be able to love you and to be able to be loved by you
1: this has been ladies first with laura brown we can be found wherever you get your podcasts Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta at laurabrown99.